Hello and welcome to yet another episode of How Not to Suck at the Stocks. This is your host, Dan Hansen. This show is for entertainment purposes only and extremely not safe for work. Uh, I got to do nine episodes before the end of the year, so we're coming in hot with top 10 video games of all time. Now, keep in mind, one, I am keeping it to one entry per franchise, just to keep it, you know, keep myself sane. And do realize there's going to be a heavy slant towards games that I played when I was a teenager, which would be, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. So, all right, let's, uh, let's jump right in. Number one, Fallout 3. So I downloaded the demo for the original Fallout when it first came out. I was like, I don't know, 11. And I remember thinking, oh my God, finally a game where I can do whatever the fuck I want. So my brother was into these D&D games that had the same kind of isometric view. But in those games, like you couldn't be an evil character. Like you couldn't kill whoever you wanted. You couldn't steal whatever you wanted. Whereas in Fallout, like I could finally do all the stuff my psychopathic 11-year-old heart or 12-year-old heart would want to do. And then years later, them coming out with a 3D version with Fallout 3. Oh my God. Oh, I took that game so seriously. Like I'd, I'd really sink my teeth into those open world RPGs and like really role play and really do what I would do in real life. I wouldn't gamify it. I wouldn't treat it like a game. I treat it as if it was straight, fucking real the entire time. And there's one scene in particular. So you're following your dad, Liam Neeson, and you go down to this underground vault. And I don't want to spoil it, but there's this virtual reality thing. If you played it, you of course know what I'm talking about. But it's so fucking trippy. I'll always remember that part. I always remember this game. Uh, just an incredible experience. So, and, and that's number 10. That game is fucking amazing, and it's only number 10. Uh, next up, Arkham Asylum. Man, I know for a lot of people, Arkham City would place higher. Don't get me wrong. I've beat them both, like, I don't know, four times. They're both amazing. But and I love open world. You're going to find that as a unifying theme of my list. I love the open world of a city, but there's something about the crisp linear storyline of asylum i mean you can go off the rails you can explore there's all sorts of secrets but just the story in asylum i think is just so much better and it, the entire time it feels like you are batman in a comic book which is fucking incredible because like the games i grew up playing these little shitty side scrollers from the nintendo days you know, they would say you were Superman or they would say you were Spider-Man, but they all played the same. They all played like Final Fury or something and or Double Dragon. And finally, this Batman game, Arkham Asylum, was the first time where you actually felt like Batman. I actually need to go back and beat uh, Arkham Knight again just because those games, oh, they just do it for me. It, it, it's It combines all the best elements of like the Zelda, Metroid, Castlevania thing where... There's this big world, but you can't quite get to everything until you get more items and like you backtrack to reveal places you couldn't get to before. And oh my god, that kind of gameplay is just so addicting. Love it so much. All right, we need to move on. Knights of the Old Republic. I'm obviously a huge Star Wars nerd. Uh, growing up, I always wanted there to be a Star Wars RPG, and then Knights of the Old Republic hit, and it was just dream come fucking true. And I loved the morality aspects of the game where you could be a good Jedi or an evil Jedi. And, and I guess that's probably a common hat nowadays. But at the time, again, that was pretty unique. It was still a new thing to where you could be an evil character inside a game and the game would still progress. Um, actually, I think I played it straight. I think I kind of played it as if um, I would I was actually making the choices. I think I was a very gray, kind of in the middle 
uh, Jedi. And it was written by Drew Carpishin, a guy I want to do a shout out to. He wrote Knights of the Republic, the first one, the first two Mass Effects, which I've never played. I just downloaded them over Black Friday. So I'm looking forward to that. And then he wrote a whole bunch of Star Wars books I'd really recommend that center on Darth Bane. Um, if you're a huge Star Wars fan, of course. Otherwise, you'd have no reason to read Star Wars books. Um, anyway, Knights of the Republic, Knights of the Old Republic. Um, yeah, it's fucking amazing. And I guess they just did a re-release on the Switch. I don't know if I don't know how if it would age well. That's the thing about a lot of these games you're gonna find is like it's really about the experience at the time. I don't know. I don't know if the experience is gonna be quite as visceral if you're playing it in 2021. It's like just some kid loading it up on your Switch. Next up is Doom. So I wasn't sure if I should put Doom 2016, which I'm going through again right now. And it's just my, every second I'm playing Doom 2016, I'm just thinking this game is so fucking amazing. There's just something about it. Uh, going back to original Doom, though, I got to give them credit for just it's so iconic. Just the shotgun. There's a, I was trying to explain it to my girlfriend. Like, there's just something about it. Like you pump that shotgun and you shoot and the demon explodes and like just the gore and the screams and just like the, the quick pace of it. And just like the environment and the music, it's just, it's just an experience, man. And it's like, bite, I, I try to explain to her, it's like Doritos. You bite into a thing of Doritos and it just has like that crunch and that texture and like a knockoff Doritos just, like, just wouldn't be the same. So it's just how Doom is. There's just something about that shotgun blast when you fucking blow it up a demon or maybe I'm just a psychopath, but yeah, man. Um, I can always just go back to original Doom and it doesn't matter how dated the graphics are. It doesn't matter how many new first-person shooters they make. It's like that original Doom just hits at just the right level. Uh, moving on is what do I got? Mario Kart. Okay, so finally a game that's a little bit more, uh, has a little more levity. Um, why am I picking the 64 one out of the entire franchise? Well, again, that's the one I played when I was a teenager. And there's just, I love the just how there's no rails. And I mean that from a figurative perspective, but also a literal perspective. Like, kids these days don't know what it's like to just be in sheer terror about falling off the side of a cliff on Cocoa Mountain because you'll be fucked and have to go back half a lap and just retrace it. Now, modern games just hold your hand so much. When you get knocked off the level, it just kind of, like, it brings you back so fast. But in this game, like, you were really fucked if you made a mistake. And something about the speed, I think the items were more balanced than that one. I think the map design was better. I loved how gritty... uh, how gritty it was as far as like you get fucked up and, and that was it. There, well, there weren't the bumpers. So yeah, so the Mario Kart 64 and they're, they're, all, they're all amazing. I mean, Mario Kart games are just, you know, and Mario Kart really solves the issue other racing games have with interactivity. So in a normal racing game, you're pretty much playing solitaire, you know, right? You're basically both doing a time trial at the same time without a whole lot of interaction between the two cars. Mario Kart fixes that. And also has the rubber band effect, so if you're hopelessly behind, you always have a chance. And if you're in the lead, there's always a chance you're going to get fucked over. So it it keeps you interested. Uh, Next up, number five, is Portal. Oh, my God. So I always recommend Portal. It's To me, Portal is a testament to how video games can transcend their current iteration and become a form of art, of interactive artwork in a way that other mediums like movies and music just can't even begin to approach. And and Portal is just one of those games that shows you how much how much a creative narrative can just draw you in and make you feel like you are engaged and part of this story. 
And if you never played it, my God, man, like it's like, I don't know, it's practically free on Steam. Like you have to, it's like six or seven hours instead of binge watching another television series on Netflix, play Portal if you haven't. The second one's good, don't get me wrong, but like that original Portal. Uh, next up, make sure I didn't forget anything. Okay, now we're good. Okay, number four, Deus Ex. Man, I played this game, well, what was I, like 16? Like, yeah, that was the right age for a game like this because this game is very steampunk. You know, it's very government conspiracies and it was 90s cool with the trench coats and the sunglasses. It looks a lot like the Matrix and Blade and stuff. But um, yeah, it goes back to that whole, like those open world RPGs, man, that just fucking grabbed me. And I played it totally straight as if I was really in the game. And um, there's just so many moments that I still remember 20 years later and just feeling like I was fucking James Bond on a mission, trying to sneak in. And then the moment where everything goes to shit, and now you're just trying to fight your way out. And you know, so the backdrop of the whole the whole story, which I'm sure, I'm sure if you loaded up this game nowadays, the graphics would date it so bad, and you just wouldn't be able to get into it. That's that's probably true of all these games, where it's really just me playing it as a kid in my bedroom with the imagination of a kid at that time. I don't think you could really recreate that if you were to play these games again today. Uh, next up is GTA 3. I know everyone loves San Andreas and everyone loves uh, GTA 5. To me, GTA 3 is always my favorite one. Well, hopefully not always. Hopefully they can top it. But I kind of doubt it. There was just something about that first one, just the vibe. So GTA 1 and 2, I had played, but they really sucked. You know, they were 2D and... It was just a novel that, like, there was swearing, you could kill cops, run people over. It was like, just a novel idea in the 90s. GTA 3 took that novel idea and made it 3D. I remember watching the trailers for that thing coming out, and I tell my friend, I couldn't believe the graphics. I remember this was PlayStation 2 20 years ago. I couldn't believe the graphics. And just, actually, just beat it again with the Definitive Edition. And as buggy as that edition was, it's still just... It isn't about the, sh- it isn't about the controls. The controls honestly suck. It isn't about the graphics. The graphics are dated it's there's just something about like the vibe just like the music and the level design and just the attitude of the game that just hits like a certain way and like as soon as you hear one of those gta3 songs you're just back in the fucking game uh it's just a trip uh next up zelda 64 breath of the wild i just checked i have 220 hours in zelda breath of the wild i still haven't beaten it but I'm still putting Zelda 64 up at the top as far as the Zelda franchise goes. Uh, man, again, when this thing came out, when I was a teenager, I know I keep saying this, it, you can never recreate this experience. This is, it wasn't before the internet, but it was before like Facebook and all that stuff. I mean, you could go on like chat rooms and message boards if you're a complete fucking nerd. But for the most part, it was me and all my friends had Zelda 64. And I remember I had like a little bit of a lead because my brother bought it when it came out in November. Everyone else had to wait for Christmas. And just, you know, we'd share stories of like, oh, I found this secret or I got this item or like this side quest. And so it was just this experience going through the game and talking to all your friends at the same time, which again, you're not really going to have today. And maybe it's dated by graphics. Maybe it's dated because of the controls and the gameplay and maybe perhaps even the level design and stuff and the combat. But just... And I remember playing this game and putting it down just to savor it. And it was a long game. I don't even normally beat games, but just had to savor every inch of this game just because it was uh, just fucking such an amazing experience. 
So, all right, before we get to number one, you might be thinking, what the fuck could be number one? Like, what game could it possibly be? All these big franchises, GTA, Zelda, what else could it be? Well, here's some honorable mentions. So, I gotta mention Call of Duty, just because in college, I minored in Call of Duty. What did I do to relieve stress? Every night after school, I'd go home, drink beer, and play Call of Duty until midnight. Uh, Metroid, just phenomenal franchise. It doesn't make the cut, but honorable mention. And finally, Mario, in particular Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. Like The graphics still look amazing. It looks like you're playing a fucking cartoon 30 years later. The gameplay is still amazing. Level design, all that jazz. But let's get to number one. Number one video game of all time is a game, sadly, n- most of you have not played, let alone heard of, and that is Master of Orion. It was a game that came out for the computer when I was about eight. I remember being like nine years old trying to figure out how to get the game to play in DOS on the fucking PC that was in my bedroom. And so what this game is, is uh, you are the leader of an, this alien empire. You get to pick one of like 10 different races. And you start off and you're sending scout ships out to different systems. You're looking for a good planet to colonize and you're growing your empire until eventually you bump up against other empires. And you can do non-aggression uh, packs. You can do trade agreements. You can trade technology. You can spy on them, steal their technology. You could fucking blow up each other's planets or all the above. But just the general thing was just taking over the fucking galaxy with spaceships. And I used to play this game for just hours on end. I remember I would, my mom would ask me if I'm hungry and I'd like burst back into reality from the game and just, I'd have searing pains, searing hot needles in my stomach because I've been sitting there for like eight hours without eating. I'd be like, oh, just four more hours, four more hours. Um, I probably have such bad eyesight from growing up just staring at that fucking computer screen uh, for hours on end. Uh, The second one I honestly probably played for more, but in retrospect, I think the first one was actually a lot better. And we, of course, don't talk about the third one. And um, yeah, that's my list, man. And man, I'm going to tell you something. As great as these games are, I'm really excited about the future of games. I think games are only getting better. Uh, you know, games kind of used to suck. Like games for the Nintendo, if you had a God mode on, they only be like 20 minutes long. The games were so short and they had to make them insanely hard just to stretch out the gameplay. Whereas nowadays, like games are essentially infinite. I mean, look at Breath of the Wild, 220 fucking hours in that thing. They're just, they're just so in depth. Like the games are, and the prices haven't even gone up since when I was a kid. It's like 30 years later and the prices are still the fucking same. But the the gameplay value, just the amount of time you can put into it and the replay value is just so much greater uh, than when I was a kid. Real, and, and, of course, VR coming out. It's got an Oculus. Um, I'm, I'm excited. Oh, I, should, I need to share some other time. I'm already 50 minutes. I need to share my first Oculus experience. No, I'll do it this time. When, when the fuck else am I going to talk about it? Uh, so I load up Oculus. No, we'll do it next time. This story's too long. Okay, this has been a great ending. <laughs> this has been Dan Hansen with How to Suck at the Stocks. This part should have been edited out, but eh, say Libby. Have a good one. Bye bye.